Hello and welcome to the First and Ten podcast. Uh, we are back with a brand new fantasy podcast. We're going to be looking at a lot of Dynasty and all that stuff, but there's uh, going to be some fantasy stuff in there for everyone, even if you don't play Dynasty. I'm sure you can take something from this. Um, joining me, we've got Ash from the Chargers podcast. How are you, Ash? Yeah, good, thanks, bud. How are you? All right? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, we just listened to Boris, weren't we, before uh, we started yeah, recording? Boris. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're recording from lockdown here. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so well, you said you're uh, you do the Chargers podcast with Lee. Um, so obviously not weekly any, at the moment because it's not stuff to talk about every week, is there? But uh, yeah, yeah how, how's that going? Basically, just generally, how's that going? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, me and Lee. Uh, Lee's more of a defensive guy. I'm more of an offensive guy, so it works pretty well that way as well. Um, but yeah, we've been we're gonna sh- we're doing a, we're gonna drop another pod on Thursday just to talk about the uh, Chargers free agency stuff. Um, it's been uh, probably a couple of weeks since we did our last one, which was kind of like what we wanted out of free agency. Because um, obviously we know that Telesco doesn't normally spend too much money. I think he's found some really good bargains this year in free agency. Again, he's done he's uh, done pretty well there so there's been some interesting moves for us obviously we did think we were going to get Brady at one point which was a big talking point on Twitter between me and Lee um, but obviously uh, sanity prevailed not that we don't like Brady I think he's a, an excellent quarterback and very good I just think that where we were in the position of uh, our franchise it was a little bit of a middle finger to Rivers if we would have got Brady because it's not really yeah. it, they, 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 they were talking about moving in a different direction and all they've done is just just got an older quarterback that can do similar stuff to Rivers that's just a little bit more accurate really so it, it's nice that we're going to be moving on into the draft and looking at maybe what we're going to do at pick six uh, if we're going to go ahead with Taylor but we've got some nice pieces um, that we're going to talk about more in detail on Thursday but uh, offensive line got fixed with uh, Balaga nice defensive uh, pickup in Chris Harris and uh, Joseph for defensive tackle. So, yeah, we are pretty optimistic with uh, what we've uh, managed to pick up. I think the defence is going to be really good next year if we can kind of... Gus Bradley can get the defence working as it did in 2018. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, talking on Thursday with Lee. Um, And also today talking about um, the dynasty stuff and fantasy stuff that um, we both love. Yeah, definitely. So we're... uh... We're both in a draft as we speak. It might even be on me by now. I'm not really sure where we're at. I think I'm on the clock, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. We'll get a live pick at some stage in this podcast. Um, Yeah, we're just going to run through all the big free agent moves and uh, how they're going to affect affect, uh, your fantasy teams. And, yeah, some uh, afterwards, maybe some players you might uh, target and some you might want to be selling. Um, Yeah, might as well get straight into it. Uh, Better to start than uh, with the quarterbacks. You've mentioned him already. Uh, Tom Brady is uh, moved to the Bucks. Uh, well, firstly, do you think this is an improvement for him in terms of the offense? Do you think because uh, last year he was a bit uh, inconsistent to say the least, wasn't he? So do you think uh, it's going to be a step up for him heading to Tampa yeah. Bay? I think that he's obviously got more dynamic weapons than he did in New England this of last year. Because obviously, apart from Edelman that was out for a few weeks as well, he's you like to use James White a lot. Um, and they haven't really got anything else. Like they, they tried to get Sanu in and it didn't quite work. Harry hasn't paid off. Um, so he's definitely got more weapons at Tampa. I think that um, Godwin will be used as sort of that big sort of tight end. I know he's obviously not a tight end, but he'll, he'll be used in that sort of slot role. Um, but he's a bigger, he's a lot bigger than Edelman is. Um, Ev- Evans, obviously for me, I love Evans. I think he's a, he's an absolute stud as a wide receiver. 
Um, I think that he'll, he'll be fine as well there with, um, he's just got some, re- some really nice weapons, got a couple of nice tight ends. Um, they haven't got the running game that obviously he's used to in New England. Um, and obviously you're, we're still sus- suspect as the O-line because the Patriots, they, ov- they have churned over a few um, offensive linemen, but everyone that comes in, step, it's like the next man up, they do their job really well. So it'd be interesting to see how the offensive line holds up in Tampa to give Brady the time to be able to hit these weapons. But in all, he's got, he's got a lot better weapons than he did last year. Um, so he must be a happy bunny. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and, well, just on them weapons while we're there, do you think that they will produce the same sort of numbers? Because obviously Evans and Godwin were two of the top receivers, but I mean, that was with Jameis just flinging it about and uh, just racking up yards, wasn't it? And yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be quite the same offense with Brady in there, are they? I don't think they're going to be... Uh... Yeah, I think there'll be a few different aspects to that offense in general. I think that Godwin will probably have uh, less receptions um, and obviously he's got he's, he's been a bit of a big big yards after the catch sort of guy last year. And Evans wasn't very good. Like, not that he wasn't very good after the catch, but he didn't have any of the opportunities that Godwin had because obviously a lot of the stuff for Evans was outside outside play. And when he caught the ball, he was literally not knocked out of bounds or yeah. catch and then he's out of bounds sort of thing. So I think he was one of the lowest in the league last year for yards after catch. Um, I think that there's going to be... a. Th- I think there is, Evans's receptions will go up this year. I think that he'll catch more balls, uh, but there won't be the big plays that you see yeah. unless he does more yards after catch. Um, but I do think there'll be similar sort of touchdowns. And I just think that the, uh, the catches will go up for Evans. The, uh, the catches will go down a little bit for Godwin. But I still see the, the very similar in yardage play because I just think yeah. that Brady can just get the... He, he can always get the ball to the guy, do you know what I mean? Whereas Winston was always a little bit a bit wayward with, yeah. with some of his throws sometimes. So I think that um, there's going to be very similar numbers. But it's, like you said, it's hard to tell without that running game because obviously I think that – and the Bucks defence is not going to be as good as the Patriots defence. So there might be that he'd be, be playing catch-up a little bit more. Yeah. And they've got to be a candidate to take a uh, running back in the draft, haven't they? They've yeah, 100%. Yeah. Did they, where do they pick? 14? Yeah, something like that, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, they, you could see someone like Swift or Taylor going there. Um, even in the second round, they might be able to get yeah, somebody to drop. Someone said today that the perfect player to take for Tampa would be uh, Edwards Hilaire. He just they just remind he they it just reminds them of James White, yeah. um, which I can see quite a lot actually. Um, the LSU guy, I think that that if. Uh, the Bucks do land him, say in the second beginning of the second round, middle of the second round. That um, that Edward Talley will be will be sort of top six dynasty pick because uh, they'll look at him and view that as a James White replacement. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. I basically agree with everything you said there. I think uh, I think some people have sort of slept on Evans a little. I think people think uh, I think that people have sort of got him a bit wrong just because he's been playing that system. I think they think he's just a sort of someone to lob it up and he's going to catch it. But yeah. I think he's a bit more than that overall. He is more than that, yeah, definitely. I think you, you, there, there'll be a lot more receptions coming his way on shorter, uh, shorter yardage distance. So like, there'll be a lot of uh, digs and stuff like that that will be going probably 10, sort of 10, 15 yards, a lot, a lot of stuff that Brady likes to do. Um, and, and Evans does it really well. He's, he's such a powerful guy. As soon as he gets in front of them, uh, sort of the corners that are marking him, there's just no chance of knocking him off the ball. So it's... Um, uh, I mean, I've loved Evans. He's had 
what five one th- over thousand yard seasons continuously yeah. like people just don't give him the, just because Godwin's now on the case and he's caught a lot of balls last year but a lot of them with yards after the catch is so big on the yards after the catch last year so it'll be interesting to see uh, if he can maintain that personally I don't think he can and I think Evans it'll be the unsung hit everyone will be drafting Godwin ahead of Evans um, uh, even in the the fantasy pro rankings at the moment Godwin's at 10 overall and Evans is 12 which I just don't know why that is yeah, I don't um, think I've ever regretted uh, drafting Mike Evans really he's just no. consistent year in year out he's just yeah. good for good for just a good solid season he's yeah doesn't always get like huge games but he does have him in there but yeah he's always a, just a solid performer isn't he yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you do have your ups and downs with him, but yeah, I think that's down to, but... I think that's that's James Winston, if I'm honest. I think yeah. that he's going to have a much more. I think his 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 ceiling is probably come down a tiny bit, but his floor has jumped up a load. You're not going to have this no receptions, no catches sort of games from Mark Evans anymore. Like some, there was a couple of games last year where he had like two or three catches for sort of no yards, thirty yards, whatever. Yeah. And, but I don't think I can't really see that being the case this year. I think Brady will get him the ball, um, and they'll get in rhythm quite quite well together. Yeah, I think he's going to be a, a favourite <laughs> of Brady Evans. I think he's such a yeah. safe target, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, well, another quarterback that's uh, been on the move and someone obviously quite close to you, you know quite well, is uh, Philip Rivers. Um, he is now an Indianapolis Colt. I yeah. mean, what what do you think of that move? Obviously, uh, you, I think, you know him a lot better than I do. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a clever move for Rivers anyway. I think that uh, he knows Frank Reich and he knows the system. Um, so I think that if anyone's worried about, or oh, is he is he going to do well in that system, he's never had a better O-line than the Colts have got. Um, and he knows he, he knows the game plan in, in that respect. So I think that, that he'll be fine um, fantasy-wise next year. Obviously, the issue for him is he hasn't got the weapons he's had previously uh, when he was with us so you're sort of looking for other guys to step up if if Hilton can stay fit then he should have a really good year this year um is the emergence of Paris Campbell going to happen um, they talk him up don't they Campbell all yeah, the time they, they talk, talk him, him up. up so are they gonna how are they gonna use him um obviously he had a little bit of a disappointing year he was injured and a few bits last year there's a few, there was a bit of high hope for him really um but that obviously didn't work out um, and obviously with luck retiring just before the season, it probably didn't help anything over there in Indianapolis. Um, I think the tight ends will get used quite nicely. I think Doyle might get a little pick up and especially with Ebron being out. So if anyone's looking at late round picks for next year or late dynasty picks, then they want a, a couple of years, two or three years with, uh, Doyle. I think that he's a, it would be a nice addition there. Um, yeah, I think like I said, and, um, running back wise, Marlon Mack's Marlon Mack personally he's yeah. never really done it for me he's he's, he's an okay back um, Naeem Hines might get a little a, a little an extra boost obviously if they use him in a similar role that Eckler was used last year he's obviously not he's not in Eckler's league but he might catch 50-60 balls which in PPR leagues might be good for people if they want a late round flyer as well so there's there's optimism there in Indy I, th- I think that he'll definitely air the ball out more than Brissett um and they'll be he'll have his favorite targets he always did when he was in in um in LA and San Diego with the Chargers so he always he always used to like his favorite targets so I can see that one Doyle Hines and Hilton will be them three in in Indy yeah for sure um obviously talking dynasty in particular but 
would you worry if you were drafting that you're literally just getting a year out of him? Do you think he's going to go on for many more years? Because he doesn't seem um, somebody that's going to go on like, and on. Yeah, dynasty-wise, I mean, Rivers, he is, he's just a late-round filling guy. Like, if, yeah. if, you've, if you've got one of your one of your studs um, early on in Dynasty and then you're looking at sort of late round quarterbacks that you can just fill in for a couple of years because the 2020 class is really good. 2021 class looks really good at quarterback. So you're going to find two or three this year um, that are going to start straight away and probably four that are going to end up being pretty good quarterbacks in the league. And then the same again next year, I think you're looking at a couple of at least two or three that are going to come into the league next year that will walk straight into starting job. So he is a fill-in guy. Like, um, and he'll do more. It'll be uh, more than acceptable this year to to plug in as as a, a player as a super flex or or as a, a bye week sort of fill-in or of an injury fill-in. So yeah, I, I don't think there would be any issues with him. I think he is what he is. Everyone knows that he's got a couple of years left, but that's yeah. fine. I think quite often in honesty as well, some of these quarterbacks, the older guys especially if you're doing a like starting up fresh some of these uh, older guys can be get quite a bargain because uh people just avoid them don't they i think and uh, you get like your roffelsbergers your your brady's quite late just because people are worried about one two years down the line but so much changes isn't it fantasy uh in that time oh yeah definitely like you the thing is with fantasy every every dynasty owner says oh we're we've got to get young guys we're looking so far ahead x y and z but (laughs) <laughs> it's what have you done for me lately a lot of the time they, they soon forget like he's talking about sort of girlies and bits and pieces they were like number one easily early round dynasty picks last like the last couple of years um and now all of a sudden you can pick them up sort of like fifth sixth seventh i've even heard that they've dropped to like eighth round in some 12 team leagues girly and stuff so dynasty owners they say they've got long-term ambitions but they've got short-term memory sometimes so yeah. it's interesting to see how they like you said you can get some real bargains with um some quarterbacks that a lot of people see oh that he's 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 over the hill x y and z but Brady, Roethlisberger, Rivers, Breeze. Yeah. There's, there's still there, and they're still putting up numbers. I, I guarantee a couple of their leagues last year, they might have had one stud quarterback, but I guarantee they had one of those as a late round flyer, yeah. and they ended up winning leagues with them. Yeah, because well, Cam would have been one of the first quarterbacks drafted, I'm sure, even if you're doing it last year. And mm. I mean, you might not even have a job anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's things change too quickly to just be avoiding them players. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, Cam Newton leads me on to uh, Teddy Bridgewater pretty easily. Um, Say so he's a new Panthers quarterback. Well, I'm assuming he is. Uh, I'm assuming PJ Walker's <laughs> not winning the job off of him. Um, do you? Well, do you like Teddy? Do you, obviously, uh, I think he's an upgrade on Allen. But I mean, what? I don't know what uh, what the ceiling is for Teddy. Really, I don't think he's uh, the most exciting quarterback in the world, is he? No, I think that. It's a hard one, really, because obviously we don't know the situation with the Panthers as in the head coach. We don't kind of know the system that they're going to be playing. It's Everything's real speculation here at the moment yeah. with Matt Rule in charge. So you, you kind of get the gist that McCaffrey's still going to get used. If he gets used just as much as last year, there's, they're going to still have clear issues there. It might be great for the Christian McCaffrey owner because he's putting up points, but as in a personal... Um, as in the, the Panthers personally, I don't know if they're going to have much of an offense if they have to use him so much it's going to come a little bit predictable yeah. Bridgewater is one of them guys that uh, he's he's pretty safe and he's kind of like when Mariota was there um at the Titans that he was never really putting up huge points 
um, in in sort of the four four point touchdown leagues and yeah. things like that. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a weird one to see how that's going to transition as an offense. I think that McCaffrey's still going to get his touches. Um, I don't know if it's great for DJ Moore. I think it's yeah. probably a little bit better for Curtis Samuel because. I'm not sure about Teddy's arm and stuff like that. So he's always been pretty safe, Teddy. So I'm not sure he's going to be putting up huge points, but he's serviceable, I'd yeah. say. So I'd, I'd want him as a QB3 rather than a QB2 if I was looking as a dynasty owner. Yeah, sure. Well, you, you mentioned more. Like, he seems to be somebody going quite high in uh, sort of drafts <laughs> this year that I've done so far. And yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'd be wary if I, was, uh, if I was drafting him as high as yeah. he seems to be going at times. I think you're drafting him at his peak at the moment. And that's the yeah. problem. It's like if you're a dynasty owner at the moment, you want to try and get that happy medium where when you're, you're drafting these players and you kind of know that you're still going to get, you're hoping to get the same value in a two or three years down the line as you are now. So you're trying to look, look ahead enough that you can, the players can hold their value, if not get, get higher in value. But you don't want to start drafting players at the peak uh, at the moment of their dynasty. One player in particular is Kyler Murray at the moment as well. Other people have been yeah. doing that with. They've obviously looked at the weapons he's got and they're going, we're going to draft him first round in super flexes, like second round. I think you're drafting him at his peak. I think that that he's never going to get higher than what he is now. Like Even if he has really good years, you're still drafting him at his peak and I don't think you're going to get the value for him later on down the line if you're going to try and trade him. Um so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite hard, like you said, trying to get that, coming back to the Panthers, it's quite hard sometimes to get that, sort of make sure that you're getting right, the right value at the right sort of time. And DJ Moore at the moment is slightly higher than I'd want to pay him in startups. Yeah, it feels like somebody, so we'll get to him a bit later, but somebody uh, you could definitely sell right now and probably uh, get some good value for that you probably definitely, wouldn't regret. Definitely if you'd been selling him now if I was an owner of him and I could get what his, what his current market is value. I think that, this is the perfect time to be selling DJ Moore. I think he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I love DJ Moore when he's coming out, but I don't think you're going to get much higher than he is going now um, for value than you can get for him. Yeah, because the situation rather than the player, isn't it? It's uh, You can have great players who are just in bad situations and they're just yeah. never going to be able to live up to that sort of hype yeah. and sort of the cost of them. Yeah. Um, well, we've got one other sort of big quarterback move. And I mean, I feel like it's an upgrade, but... Um, Nick Foles to the Bears. I mean, what do you think of this one? Is this going to help out the likes of Alan Robinson? Do you think uh, he's somebody who, well, he's somebody who probably is uh, valued lower than he could be uh, with a good quarterback there? Yeah, I, I liked Rob um, Robinson even when he was at the Jags and Bortles thrown to him. I yeah. thought he's pretty of a stellar player. He's had a couple of injuries and he's quarterbacks have never been <laughs> the strong points of, of the teams that he's been playing for. So he, he surprised me this year. I didn't think that he was going to, he'd put up the numbers that he did this year and fair play to the guy. I think he put up some good numbers considering how bad the quarterback play was at, at some point. Um, it's going to be a strange one with Foles because this, I mean, this is this, what the third offense in three years that he's got to learn. Is he going to go in straight away and be the star? Is it going to be Trubisky skill? So it's still it's still up in the air there. If you think if you're going to try and if you're taking falls to think that he's going to start straight away, you might want to seriously think about taking Trubisky higher than you should, just so you've got the cover there in the Superflex League. So if say they do go ahead and say, oh, Foles is a starter, then at least you've got the backup. But if they say Foles isn't not going to start the season, 
because of obviously what's going on as well. Like obviously with the coronavirus stuff going on, like some of these pre-seasons are going to be cut short. They're not going to have time to practice with their new guys, with their new teams. So some of these quarterback changes are going to be very brief when it comes to meeting their new personnel and learning the playbook. So with Foles, I think that, I think the Chicago probably go into the year with Trubisky as a starter. And then if things don't work out, flip to Foles. So I don't think it's going to be, a, I don't think it can get any worse for Bears receivers on that end of the scale. Um, so I think Robinson will still be putting up similar numbers than he did last year because as, as, he is pretty much their main, main offensive weapon. Um, and so, yeah, Bears wise, I think that that's it's one of them again. It's just, it's do you think Foles is going to be, or do you think Trubisky is going to be uh, the starter, and then sort of value the wide receivers off that if you think it's going to be Foles or Trubisky. So, yeah. I mean, you could see both starting, yeah, <laughs> close to half the games each, couldn't you? Really, the way yeah. uh, I mean, both of them picked up injuries last year, didn't they? And yeah, it's a yeah, not a situation you want to be getting into, but yeah, Robinson's sort of the only one really sort of high upside I'd say in that offense yeah definitely I think Miller he's touching go and he really yeah. and they, people they, like they him are, don't they but yeah they do yeah I'm, I'm, I'm I don't myself. know why I just think that yeah he, he's sort of an average uh, wide receiver for me so he's Robinson's definitely the key one to get if you're looking to I don't think his value is going to get much lower than it is at the moment I think that he's going to hold firm with his numbers from last year I think that he's the main main guy in that offense but it could be that situation where it's kind of like a, a Mario a Tannehill situation this year a quarterback for the Bears where you're looking at Trubisky starting the season but then if things happen like they are and then Foles comes in um, and then it's a, a completely new offense then so yeah for sure um, well that's sort of the big uh, quarterback moves obviously uh, the Patriots have gone to potentially Brian uh, Hoyer and maybe Derek Stidham so God knows what happens there but I mean is that any Patriot you would uh, feel confident in right now? Even Edelman, who's most reliable wide receiver there is, basically. I don't really think I'd even trust him right now. Yeah, I think I think Edelman will... I still think Edelman will put a thousand yards, personally. Yeah. I think just because... Uh, I guess there's no one else. <laughs> there's no one else. Yeah, like who, who else are they going to be throwing the ball to? So it might be that you want to invest in that run game if you're dynasty owners or in fantasy leagues looking at drafts now that you can probably get what Sony Michelle's sixth, seventh round. So he's not the greatest of running backs, but they're going to lean on him. Like if you're going to put Jared Stittman in, they're going to be using that run game a hell of a lot. So I'd definitely be uh, looking at them just as a volume play, really. I just think they're yeah. going to, he's going to get a lot of touches this year. And it might be that if he does get a lot of touches, can't hold up. A sneaky one could be Damian Harris that they drafted the year before. Yeah, barely got in the field a year ago, but literally barely got in the field. But they, they, they apparently they still like him. Um, Sony Michelle's not the healthiest of dudes, so no. if they're going to give him a lot of work, it might be sort of like a two pronged attack in that respect. James Work still get his his catches. I think that Stidham will still be throwing it. Um, Dink and dunks a lot, but yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be a funny. Like you said, it's going to be a strange, strange offense that with no Brady in the helm. Yeah, I feel like a. I feel like the defense is the, the number one fantasy player on that team. Really, uh, there's yeah. not not a lot else I'd be yeah. sort of really uh, putting my money on. Yeah. Um, well, so there was a a lot of running back moves, wasn't there? Um, some big names, not necessarily uh, the best players got off the best seasons in the world, but uh, yeah, some big names. Um, 
we might as well start with uh, the one that you probably know most about, uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, well, what do you think of that move? Moving to a division rival, of course. Yeah, I think um, uh, Gordon's a really good running back. I'm not even going to deny that he's not a good running back. I think that the holdout situation that he had with the Chargers didn't help how this offseason's gone for him. Obviously, the Chargers offered him around $10 million, and now he's taken six and a half. So the holdout really didn't work financially for him, which was it's a shame because he was a good running back for us, but they paid Eckler because he just turned up um, more times than him. So it's farewell to Gordon. Um, it's opened the door for Eckler. Um, but in Denver, it's going to be a funny one. They've got sort of a three, three-pronged three attack there with yeah. Royce Freeman still hanging around. Um, Lindsay, who I thought was really, really good anyway. So it's going to be, yeah, it'll be a straight. I think that they'll go. I just think that Lindsay might take the Freeman role and then Gordon will take the Lindsay role as in touches, not as in role in the team. But I think that yeah. Gordon will probably get the majority of the touches just because they're going to want to try and get value for money out of him. Um, and Lindsay will probably just, just take a little bit off. I mean, they were very close last year, Royce Freeman and Lindsay in touches. Uh, you just heard more about Lindsay. I think he just got in the end zone more times. So I think that it's going to be very similar with this sort of running back by committee. I think the, the guy that's going to fall away from this is Royce Freeman. But I think Gordon will be okay. Um, again, it's one of them. The thing is now there's not a lot of running backs that are the cowbell of the of the yeah. team. So it's going to be interesting to see if Denver will operate the same as they're going to. I personally think they will. I don't think that there's like Gordon's going to go in there and start being the bell cow. So I think that he'll get similar touches to Lindsay and it'll be sort of both of them together. So there'll be a nice attack. Like it would, they're in a tough division. So uh, that's me being biased. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think they they won't have it all their own way. Um, but it'll be all right. It'll be all right, Gordon. Yeah, they could be one of them frustrating fantasy uh, sort of running back groups, couldn't they? Because it could be one week is Gordon, one week is Lindsay. Yeah, I think that will be the case, personally. I mean, if you had to take one, is it Gordon or would you rather get Lindsay that little bit later? And perhaps Personally, all... for me, it would be who ho- who who you can get value-wise. So yeah. if if you're looking at having to take Gordon, say, the sixth round, but you can get Lindsay in the eighth. Personally, I'd take Lindsay in the eighth. Yeah. If it's the other way around, there might be a few, like, that, the thing in the draft, like every draft's different. So yeah. some people go into it and they know that other people like these certain players. So if you can get value for Gordon, then he'll be just as good as Lindsay. So it'd just be whoever goes later is the one I'd personally picking up in, in most yeah. leagues. Yeah, I think it's just the safest bet, isn't it? I think uh, just take whichever the last one of them is if you want to take yeah. one of them. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I'm a big Gordon fan. I've always I've always uh, liked him. Like when uh, Gurley was getting all the hype, I always felt like Gordon always played better than him at times. But uh, yeah, he's a uh, yeah an interesting case. One that I've, it's hard for sometimes these running backs to sort of go straight in, but then you get the, like your Carlos Hyde that do just go straight in and rack up a thousand yard season out of nowhere, mm-hmm. don't you? So yeah, you can always get some late there. round value. Yeah, definitely. Um, well. Interesting. Todd Gurley, um, moving to the Falcons. Devontae Freeman out at the Falcons. Um, I don't think he's got a job yet, has he, Freeman? Um, no, he hasn't got a job yet, no. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, probably one of the signings coming in the next few days. But uh, yeah, yeah, Gurley taking over as Freeman, um, sorry, as uh, Falcons running back one. Uh, what do you think of that move? Is he somebody you would want to even touch? Or um, obviously, completely? I've always liked Gurley a lot. Um, I've owned him since he first came in the league in a few leagues and you you do get an inkling that there was something going on maybe a little bit deeper than 
he's just got an injury at the Rams. Like they were really not using him a lot in the passing game. Though their passing game to running backs last year was horrendous. Like he hardly caught a lot of balls. The reason he had an okay fantasy year was he got in the end zone quite a lot. Um, so he didn't have the touches he's used to, which is fair enough. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna put him in as much as they did. And obviously drafting um, Henderson last year as well, but he never really saw the field. So it was a funny season for the Rams. Um, but now obviously he's at Atlanta. Um, I think that it's it's going to pick his dynasty value up. I think that it's sort of put it in the upward curve. Everyone's a little bit more optimistic that the situation he's in. This is it's not like he's fallen to say like the Dolphins or someone like that. No disrespect to the Dolphins, but he's on a pretty good team here. So I think that his touchdowns could be similar to what they were last year. And I think he'll get more touches. I think they'll trust him um, in that respect. I know it's only a one year deal, but um, it's a nice time to maybe if you want to sell Gurley, then it'll be, this might be the time to do it. I'm not saying that he's going to have a bad season. I'm just thinking that you, sometimes you get a few chances in fantasy football to sell players when they've been on a downward curve and then they fall into a nice little, situation and this could be it for girly owners so if you want to sell him and you can get a bit more value than you did before maybe a couple of months ago it might be the time to move on from him but I still think he's a good player and if still in redraft leagues and stuff like that I still think that he'll put up some nice numbers and you'll probably be able to get him sort of fourth fifth round in some of them leagues which would be nice yeah a nice player if he's here sort of I'll be two or three but you don't we want him as your sort of your main guy would you because you just can't rely on him from week to week or so you couldn't last year anyway, could you? Yeah, you couldn't last year. It'd be interesting this year, de- depending on how they view that injury. Like, yeah. there's not a lot of other guys. I mean, they've got Ito Smith there, but there's, it's still not out of the realms of possibility that they add another offensive guy. Because before they took Gurley, there was a lot of talk that they were going to take someone like Swift anyway in the draft. So they could still go down that route and get someone sort of the someone like Cam Akers or something sort of early second, third round, if they're still going to value that as maybe get someone in. Because I think Ito Smith won't really be much competition to Gurley. I think Gurley still is the guy there. But if they do draft someone, then it it might set your Gurley value back a little bit more. So, yeah, I still think he'll put up some numbers. But, yeah, you, like you said, you, an RB2 is an RB two is probably a ceiling this year. I mean, that Rams offense was a bit of a mess, wasn't it, last year? Just away from Gurley as well the passing game everyone was injured and yeah <laughs> there was so much pressure on him when he was in so maybe moving to this Falcons offense that's got a hell of a lot more weapons now yeah they might it, it might help him take the pressure off obviously Julio's getting a lot of uh, attention to offense but there's some good players elsewhere so maybe taking that bit of pressure off Gurley might allow him to sort of free him up and he might get a bit of an improvement from him this year yeah, definitely. And and that NFC West was a tough league last year. I mean, there's some hard... Do- like, playing against Seattle, playing against um, 49ers twice a year, yeah. they had a bit of a hard schedule, the Rams, because obviously they got to the Super Bowl the year before. So, going to now to the Falcons, you have got a, an easier schedule. Their NFC, their, um, NFC South is, I would say, an easier to run against them. Yeah, um, for sure. So it'll, we'll soon find out, yeah. So, but I, I, I'm still optimistic with Gurley. I still think he's going to hold value. Um, but if you're if you're an owner of him, it, and you can get value, it might be a, now be a nice time to sell, just so that you can recoup some of the value you've obviously lost over the last sort yeah. of year and a half on him. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, another well, one of the big bits of news of the whole of free agency. It wasn't actually a free agent signing, but it was a big trade involving the Texans and the Cardinals. But um, 
we'll talk about the running back side of this. Uh, David Johnson, uh, obviously, we well, lost his job to Kenyon Drake, who couldn't even get in, uh, couldn't even get any uh, touches in Miami, who yeah. basically had no run game. So, I mean, he's moved to the Texans. I assume he's taken over from Carlos Hyde as sort of the lead back. But I mean, what, what do you think of his prospects this year? Is is this a good move for him? Um, I think it's a good move for him, personally. Yeah, I think that he's going to get more touches. He's going to be more involved. Um, I'm not sure it's great for the Texans, as in I don't know, with obviously that trade that went down, are they going to be as offensively good this year coming into the league? So it's going to be a straight... If you're a, if you're a David Johnson owner, again, I think it's a lot like Gurley. I think that this might have given you a little bit of hope to, yeah. to be selling him. I think, personally, if I own Johnson now, I would be selling him now. Gurley... I'm still a little bit on the fence with selling him and holding him, um, depending on what value you want to get. But with Johnson, I think now is the time to sell Johnson if you own him in most leagues. I think that you can get a bit, chalk some of that value back. Um, now he's gone to Houston, that people might say, oh, he's going to be the lead back. He will get touches, don't get me wrong. Like He, he, he will be a half-decent back this year um, if he can stay fit. The problem is he's not really looked himself the last couple of years since he's done his elbow. Um, so it's going to be... Again, it's one of them ones where running backs going into a new offense, sometimes they, it does scare you a little with how, how you, they're going to view him. But they have given up what they've done with that trade. You're going to see, you would have thought that Bill O'Brien will be stubborn in his usage of David Johnson because he's going to want to prove a point that the, he's got a half-decent player back from the Hopkins trade. Yeah, I think that is sort of part of it. He almost has to make it work, doesn't he, O'Brien? Yeah. If, it, if he doesn't, then it could cost him his job, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, a tough one. I mean, Hyde, uh, well, he's still there, isn't he, I think, at the Texans? I mean, just sort of wipes his value out, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know if he's, if he, if he's a free agent or not. If I, I think because they've got Duke Johnson still. Yeah. But I think that Lamar Miller and Hyde are now both free agents. Oh. Um, so I think that... The, with Duke and David Johnson, that they'll be able to, that they've got that sort of two-pronged attack there. I mean, David Johnson was, and probably still is a little bit better than in Duke as a running back, but Duke Johnson can, can catch the balls. He's, he's pretty good out of the backfield in the receiving game. So will David Johnson get used what you were hope? Cause when he was at the Cardinals, he was catching a lot at the Cardinals. And I don't know if he's going to, be used as much in that respect so maybe in PPR leagues he's not going to be as as good as you're hoping him to be um so yeah it's going to be the Texans offense especially with Hopkins gone it's going to be such a funny offense now so it's one of them ones that it's a it's a wait and see game but I think that he'll do okay this year you can sort I can sort of see him hovering around that running back 15 to 20 range maybe sort of maybe could be a little bit lower depending on how much they're going to involve Duke Johnson. Um, so yeah, it's, it will be a funny one with uh, with David Johnson this year. But definitely time to sell if you do own him in Dynasty. I think that this is this gives you that little peak to sell him. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, a couple of weeks ago he was basically had no value, close to it, didn't he? It was just exactly, if you were, yeah. if you were selling him, it was just someone sort of speculating he might get back. Yeah. But yeah, right now you've got a bit of hope. Um, we might as well move on to the other half of that trade and uh, in the wide receivers you got. Andre Hopkins going to the Cardinals. Um, well, this is, you've already mentioned Murray, but I mean, I feel like this is a uh, big help to some of the other uh, Cardinals out there. But I mean, Kirk, I think, takes a step up by having someone else to take away some of the uh, coverage, doesn't he? But 
what do you think of Hopkins himself? I think, I mean, I love Hopkins. I've, all, I've always thought he's probably, for me, he's definitely in the top three of the wide receivers, mm-hmm. probably number two just behind Michael Thomas still. Um, I think that it's going to be what Watson loved him. Um, so, and I think that they, the Cardinals have obviously pulled this one out and they're going to target him a lot. I mean, Kingsbury's, they, they've talked that he's going to want to throw it a lot anyway. And there was talk that CD Lamb was going to go there uh, to Arizona as one of the picks in the first round. So obviously that's not going to happen now, but they've, they've got this three pronged attack with Hopkins, Kirk and Fitzgerald there. Um, so it's going to be come down to volume. Is he going to get the same amount of volume as he was getting it at Houston? It's going to be close. I don't know if he will get as much volume, um, but it could open the door up, like you said, to, to, to some late round value in sort of Fitzgerald and Kirk. I think that he'll hold firm Hopkins. I don't think you're going to get disappointed with him this year. I think that he'll be just fine. I think that he'll be probably in that between wide receiver one and wide receiver six or seven-ish. I think yeah. I think that's his floor. Um, so, yes, learning a new offense and stuff, sometimes that, that can play habit, but the guy's just got talent. You throw it up and he comes down with it more times than not. So, I can't see it really being an issue for Hopkins. We look at him through the years. He's had some absolutely horrendous quarterbacks throwing to exactly, him at times yeah. and he's still produced, hasn't he? So exactly, yeah. He's not something you really worry about going to no. the offence. I think he's just sort of pretty much quarterback proof. Yeah. Um, wide receivers on the whole, it wasn't the most exciting group, but um, another trade was uh, Stefan Diggs going to um, Buffalo. Uh, I mean, and the Buffalo, uh, the Bills, sorry, helping out Josh Allen yet again. Feels like the last two years have basically just been about getting anything they can out of Allen. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you see this as a sort of good move for Diggs? Um, I mean, last year, Cousins at times seemed to be scared to throw the ball to him, didn't he? And uh, yeah. I mean, Allen's definitely not going to be scared to throw the ball to him. If he's open, he's going to be throwing it at him. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the, I think the problem that you might have, I mean, I, I do like Allen, don't get me wrong. I do like Josh Allen. But I think the problem that you, you might have there is that Kirk Cousins is, was a little bit more accurate than, yeah. than Allen. So... If he is open, will he actually get in the ball? So I think that he'll have an uptake in targets. I think that he'll get more targets than he did in Minnesota. I think just with the Minnesota game plan, they were content under Kubiak. And um, I can never remember his name. Starkeesian or someone like that, wasn't it? Starkeesian. Um, yes. Um, oh, they were um, the, the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings... Um, Offensive coordinator, I can't remember who he was. Stefanski, wasn't it? He was going Stefanski, to, uh, that's the it. Browns. Um, that's it. Um, they, the, 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 the game plan in Minnesota was to run the ball. So, yeah. obviously, you saw a massive uptake in Dalvin Cook. So, Diggs's targets did come down quite a bit. And, obviously, with feeling there, they're sort of like the 1A, 1B situation. Diggs offers probably more of your home run hit, whereas Thielen was more of you. He got more receptions. Um through, through Kirk Cousins so when now he's going to go to Buffalo you've got Beasley and you've still got Brown there so how will it operate as a three-pronged attack um, Allen doesn't throw the ball as much as Kirk Cousins and he's not as accurate so yeah. you're going to have less targets going your way and less good targets going your way so it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be funny to see how that kind of works out will he because Stiggs can play from the slot, so is he going to get? Is Beasley, is Beasley going to come out more 
um, and they're going to have sort of digs play the slot because John Brown really for me is sort of that outside guy that offers you vertical threat. So Diggs definitely comes in as a wide receiver one, but how will it plan out with the other two guys there? Because they're both actually pretty talented guys still, John Brown and Beasley. Yeah. So um, yeah, it'd be a fun, for me. I think it's just a sideways step um, for Diggs. I don't think it hurts him too much, and I don't think it puts him up as uh, that much in value. I think that it just sort of holds him around the same. Yeah, I feel like you might get a few more of those big games out of him just because of the way the Pills offense can be with some uh, sort of a lot of running and big plays, isn't it? But mm -hmm. yeah, I think you might see a few more. I think he might be quite a frustrating player this year. I think you might see a few of these yeah. sort of nothing games, but then a few sort of. 30-point games out of nowhere. One of them players you yeah. can't really drop, but at the same time, you sort of hate starting. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, the other the other wide receiver, the, the only sort of the two sort of two big-ish moves, well, one big-ish move and uh, another sort of we might talk about. Um, Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints. Um, I mean, the Saints have been crying out for someone else on opposite Michael yeah. Thomas, haven't they? Is Sanders that man? I think it's great for Breeze. I think that if you're looking at picking up Breeze as a late round flyer for a quarterback, I think it's going to be great. I think that, yeah. uh, Sanders will definitely um, hold that that wide receiver two spot really, really nicely. A nice late round pickup. Um, it won't hurt Kamara or Thomas in the slightest. Personally, I think that yeah. it just it, all of the other targets that were going to random players last year, like your Kirkwoods and. Uh, Traquan Smiths and stuff like that Ted Ginn I think that uh, Sanders will just absorb most of them now so I think that it's great for Breeze I think he's got a more reliable wide receiver there um, but I don't think it hurts uh, Thomas or Kamara in the slightest so if anyone's worried about that I think that Sanders will just offer some nice value as a wide receiver sort of three or four if you're looking to play him in redrafts and dynasty so uh, yeah it's, it's, it's a nice signing for them it's a nice signing I, I like Sanders I think he's a solid solid wide receiver yeah, and if you owe Sanders, he's, uh, you're pretty happy with moving to the Saints, aren't you? It's going to be a oh, yeah. the sort of offense where he can score some points. Yeah, definitely. Because you kind of got the inkling that they were kind of moving, the 49ers were moving him away from him last year when with the emergence of Debo, Samuel, and stuff like that, where Sanders was catching a few balls when he first came in. And then they kind of, the, the run game started to click with Mozart. And then Debo got more involved, and Sanders was kind of like the your fourth guy after Kittle and them two. So him going into this this environment, it's, I think it's just it's it's he's going to get he's going to get targeted more. So I think that he'll probably have a little uptick yeah. um, in, in targets. Yeah, for sure. And again, another one of them players who's was he thirty one or thirty two now? I think yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, someone who we mentioned earlier. You can get some of these older players late on in a dynasty draft if you're uh, starting one up this year. So he might be someone you can get for like a year who basically costs you yeah, next to nothing. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, there's not, yeah, as I said, uh, the wide receiver group of creators this year wasn't much. I mean, yeah, the only other person. Yeah, yeah, me and Lee were talking about it on the Chargers podcast. It was horrific because we're, Chargers are kind of looking for that wide receiver three kind of guy. Because um, I think that they had uh, 58 yards last year um, combined as a wide receiver three, um, the Chargers <laughs> last year. So if, if, if it wasn't Keenan Allen and it wasn't uh, Mike Williams, it was nobody else. They had 58 yards combined for the whole season as a wide receiver free, have any other wide receiver. So we've been talking about wide receivers quite a lot uh, in this draft and free agency, and there was literally none coming up this year in free agency. It was shocking. Yeah. The next best of them, of the crew that we mentioned there, well, only one of them was actually a free agent in Sanders. The next best is probably Randall Cobb, but uh, moving to the Texans. But 
I mean, he's not yeah. somebody that you're going to have a lot of faith in, is he? I feel like he, uh, it felt like yeah. he had broken down about three years ago, didn't it? Yes, and that the Texans' offense at the moment, like, it kind of does scare you a little bit with Hopkins obviously not there now. So, is Stills going to be the guy? Is Cobb going to be the guy? Are they even going to draft someone? Which wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all, to be honest. I think that because of the depth of the class coming in, um, with Lamb, Judy, Ruggs, uh, Justin Jefferson, there's quite a few guys there. Mims, that. There's quite a few, so they. I would be shocked if they don't pick up a wide receiver in the first three rounds of Texas this year. It wasn't a small Cincinnati. deal they've given Cobb, but it, I don't really see how he's somebody you could ever draft with any real confidence. Yeah, no, I think that, like you said, you're going to use him as that bi-week filling guy, and maybe if you go down with an injury, you might hope for a sort of five catches and a, and a touchdown sort of yeah. week, but you, I, I wouldn't want to rely on Randall Cobb this year. Yeah. So the only chance you've really got is if uh, Will Fuller, or when Will Fuller gets injured and um, Keith Kute, or is that his name? Never remember how he says his name. Probably. Yeah. But um, yeah, when they inevitably go to have injury, maybe uh, gets a little yeah. bit of boost there because there's nobody else. But Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, like, he's not a bad wide receiver, but like you said, you're talking redraft leagues, you're talking going to be a late round flyer. Dynasty wise, yeah. you'll keep him on your bench. And you'll keep him on your bench, and then you're two years down the line, you'll cut him, and you realise you didn't start him at all. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's not somebody uh, you'd particularly want to be picking up, and he's probably the second best free agent wide receiver this year. So, yeah, yeah we'll move on from them. Uh, well, Robbie Anderson's still out there, but we don't even know where he's going to land. So, maybe next time we do one of these, we can talk about him. Um, tight ends, there were some uh, interesting moves, weren't there? Um, Hooper has moved to the Browns. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty talented offense now. Um, well, he's not somebody who's the most exciting tight end in the world, is he? He's not. Um, he's not exactly a big play sort of tight end, is he? He's gonna. He's pretty solid. He's gonna catch your balls, but I mean, is he somebody? Where would where would you sort of fit him in compared to some of the other tight ends in the league? I mean, last year he was what was he tight end six ish yeah. last year, and he missed a couple of the games at the end of last year. So he put up a really good year for the Falcons last year, which boosted his stock massively. Yeah. Um, Obviously, going into a new team, transition, they might not have enough um, uh, a, a, a pre-season. So, it's going to, how that will work out. Obviously, Nanjoku's taken a bit of a hit here yeah. um, with the Hooper signing. Um, Baker will use will use the guy, but I can't see him putting up the same numbers as he did as, as a Falcon. Um, so it's going to be a strange one with Hooper. I think now, if you can get value for him, it might be a nice time to sell Hooper um, and maybe look at one of the younger guys from last year's draft. Um, and like I said, it's, it's going to be a funny one with that offense. There's so many weapons with that offense now. So it's like, is he really going to get much of a share with him? You've got Beckham, you've got Landry, you've got Chubb, you've got Kareem Hunt. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be... and. There's talk that they might even go and draft another wide receiver at pick 10. So, where they're kind of in that sort of tackle and wide receiver range. So, yeah, uh, I think that Hooper will be solid, uh, but he won't put up the numbers he did last year. It's hard because, I mean, tight end is a horrible fantasy position, isn't it? It's so hard to actually yeah. find someone if you haven't got one of those sort of top two or three guys. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Hooper's one that you can sort of draft for confidence. But, I mean, for me, he's probably a little overvalued and will probably get yeah. overdrafted and I'd mm-hmm. say probably a good time to get some value on him yeah definitely there's only so many balls that can go around isn't there and there's a lot of mouths yeah. to feed in Cleveland now and they're going to try and make a point that they they got the Beckham 
they got the better end of the Beckham deal. So I think they'll try and target him a bit more this year. I think Beckham will be on a bit more of a comeback from this year. I think that if they can protect Baker better, which that hopefully they've done, they've got Conklin in, um, they talk about them taking a tackle at 10 or wide receiver at 10. Um, so if they can protect Baker more, the offense gets a bit more up-tempo, Beckham gets more involved, then it opens up more for the rest of everyone else as well. So, there's sh- um, fingers crossed for Baker. I do like the car. So, and hopefully that that offense. But there is a lot of mouths to feed there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, one other tight end is I think he's made a pretty decent move in the end. Is uh, Eric Ebron? He's gone to the Steelers. Um, <clears throat> I mean, if you're a, if you're a Ebron owner, this is you're pretty happy with this outcome because there was a, a lot of worse positions he could have ended up in. He's probably what the second sort of target there after Smith-Schuster, maybe yeah. third, but he's going to get plenty of uh, opportunity, I think, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, definitely. I think that you're pretty happy for an Ebron owner that he's landed somewhere that he has where there's not much competition. They were hoping more from Vance McDonald. It's not really happened. So Ebron kind of steps in, gives Ben a big guy to operate that centre of the field. Um, there's talk that Juju, they were going to put Deontay Johnson out and Washington out as the wide guys bring Juju in more. Um, does that hinder Juju's performance? I don't know if it does. I think that it's going to just be an interesting play for. Um, he's not had a. He's not really had a tight end since Heath Miller, so it's going to be. Uh, I think that it's a nice. If you had, like you said, if you had Ebron, it was nice that uh, he's found a home where you haven't lost any value on him. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, the Colts was a. About as tight end friendly as it could be, really, wasn't it? Yeah, over the last couple of years, so yeah, leaving there, you're sort of sort of expecting the worst. But yeah, um, a move to the Steelers is definitely a good move for him, I think. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the other sort of tight ends in the move are basically I've sort of grouped them together as like the old guys: um, Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson, and uh, Jason Witten. Is there any of them you have any confidence in this year? I mean, Witten was basically a statue last year, but he did put up some points, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Him, I'm not sold on anymore I think he's uh, sort of broken down a bit and I mean Olsen is he going to last more than a half I, who knows but <laughs> I mean, is there any of them you'd have any confidence in at all um, I, I have no confidence in Jimmy Graham at all I think that the that Nagy was never really a good fan of the tight end anyway they've they got Trey Burton in they've had Adam Shaheen both big talented guys um, they haven't used him at all so Jimmy Graham for me if you can get anything for him now sell him now um oh. Witten, he's going to be, what is he? Is he, is he the third tight end on that team? So yeah. you've got Waller, you've got Foster Moreau, so you've got, and then you've got Witten. So uh, he, he's a great role model for him. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to help Waller and Moreau become better tight ends. So that would be a nice, that would be nice for the Raiders. And if you own them guys, because I don't think Witten's going to be there longer than a year, really, personally. He's a pretty old guy. And I don't think that he's much. He's got much fantasy relevance at the moment with the other two guys there. Um, and Waller was really key to that offense last year. So he can't really take much off him. Um, but he will help him in respect to becoming better tight ends. But I wouldn't want him at all in, in fantasy. The only one I probably would dabble in would be Olsen. If, obviously, can he stay fit? But uh, Russell Wilson, is. I can see that Olsen... Uh, would be a nice, reliable weapon for Wilson. I think that, that that could work quite well there. So if you're looking, say, in redrafts and you're looking for a late-round flyer, 
um, pick up a tight end. Say if every all the other teams have got one and you're looking for someone to plug and play one of the last picks of the draft, you could do worse than Olsen. I think that, and even in Dynasty, even if you can pick him up in the sort of the real later rounds, throw him in for the year, try and get you past because this class isn't great at tight ends. And like you said, the position's not. It's just it's just a minefield. <laughs> Sometimes you're just finding someone who can give you six or seven points just to not kill exactly. you. Exactly, and it? I think Olsen will easily be able to do that. So I think he can give you an upside week of maybe like 100, 100, 100 yards, one touchdown. I think that he's got that in him on a couple of weeks, but I don't think his floor is going to be um, he's going to be horrendous enough to hurt you. So if you want to plug him in as a late-round guy, I think you can do a lot worse than, than Olsen. Yeah, if if he stays fit, then when the Seahawks have been quite good for uh, tight ends, like Will Disley, I think if they hadn't yeah. signed Olsen, then I think he would potentially be what fifth, sixth, maybe tight end this year. But I mean, does yeah. Olsen sort of stop you from wanting to draft someone like Disley? Um, I, th- I think that it might come down to because his injury was pretty bad, Will yeah. Disley. So maybe they're not quite happy with how that's progressing. Um, that maybe they just want to bring him in. Um, as precautionary, um, so they operate um, Olsen and Disley in similar packages. It, like I said, it'll be. I think that Olsen is such a reliable guy that you can just plug him in and just say. And like yeah. you said, you, you, a good week at tight end sometimes can just be sixty yards and a couple of catches. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I think that you can do a lot worse than Olsen. I think I don't know if it really hurts Disley that much. It's going to come down to how fit he was in the first place. And if they're worried about it, but I'd hold on to your Disney stock at the moment to see how this uh, off-season progresses. Um, but yeah, for for redraft and dynasty, you could do worse than Olsen as a late-round flyer. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, I think that's sort of the end of our uh, sort of free agent roundup. I think that sort of covered most of the uh, the players that might make some sort of fantasy impact that have moved teams. Uh, I'm sure yeah. we might get a few in the coming days. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's still a few out there. Um, running back in particular, you got. So like Freeman, maybe if he lands somewhere. It might not even help Freeman that much, but it might hurt wherever he lands, you know. Um, but, I mean, we said we're going to talk some trade candidates. Is there anyone right now that you'd want to be targeting? Obviously, we've mentioned a few as we've gone through, but is there anyone, say, that you really sort of fancy and uh, if you can get what, for, for the right up now? And, for the up-and-coming season? Yeah. Um, I think that you... I think Sanders might have a nice year. Miles Sanders for the... For Philadelphia, I think that they might involve the weapons there at wide receiver are a little bit flaky. Um, so you've had Ertz and, and Goddard have an uptake, and, and Sanders come on strong at the end of last year. Yeah, really he's not. He's not. Um, the Eagles have never liked a bell cow of a running back, so I still think that you'll get. Uh, you won't get as high a ceiling as you're hoping, but I think that Sanders will be used quite a lot next year. I think that he's a nice one. Um, he catches enough balls, doesn't he, to uh, yeah, sort of he, have a nice floor. Yeah, definitely. Um, at the sort of that at the running back position, um, I'm hoping Kieran Johnson can can pick up again. Lad's 22. He's had some injuries, but he's still so young and like he's got a lot of potential. And if if they can keep Stafford on the field, they've got Golladay, they've got Jones, they've got Hockerson. If they can actually get him going and that run game going, um, he he might be a, a, a nice surprise bell cow. I think they showed last year that's what they want to do, isn't it? Just run the ball and play good yeah. defence. Um, so, yeah. yeah, definitely. So, hopefully, that. so Sanders and, and Kirion, hopefully, I think that if you can sort of get them sort of mid-rounds, I think that you'll get some good, some good value out of them two guys. 
um, wide receiver wise. I like Debo this year. I think that he's going to be uh, the main guy in that San Francisco. They have talked about getting a wide receiver, and I think they will. They've kind of moved up while getting rid of Buckner. Um, they have sort of made made their way into that. Will C.D. Lamb rugs sort of fall into that 14th position because they got it off the Colts with the Buckner trade. Um, so they might be after, but I still think Debo will, will hold some nice value. Um, wide receiver-wise, it's it'll be a f- I, I think everyone's kind of where they are at the moment. There's a few overpriced dudes. I think people are still sleeping on Keenan Allen, but that's probably me just being biased. <laughs> like even last year, what did he have? A hundred receptions, something like that. Was it? He had a lot of targets yeah. and a lot of catches. Yeah, he was. I think he was like wide receiver sixteen last year. And the only thing that hurt him was touchdowns. He didn't hardly have any, but he had a, he had way over a thousand yards. I think it was like more like eleven hundred, twelve hundred, um, and he had over a hundred catches again. I think it was one hundred and one ish. So people do sleep on sleep on him just because obviously we're going through this quarterback change at the moment. Um, but in some so, ways, he, he might help out if you get like a young quarterback in there or yeah. know, Tyrod, whoever it is. Yeah, he's, definitely. He's such I mean, a safe target, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. And there's not many players in the league that run routes better than this guy. So quarterbacks will, will love having him around. Just he's just so reliable in that respect that he's he's going to be where he says he's going to be. That they've drawn the plan up. So people sleeping on Allen still. I think that he'll still put up that sort of top twelve. Might be a might be a little bit optimistic but he's definitely going to be hovering between that 12-15 range I personally still think yeah and say we I said we're doing some drafts right now and I think he's getting about fourth or fifth round and I think you're pretty happy if you get him there because probably means he's your wide receiver two or three and you, it's hard to do much better than him I think of that yeah of definitely I mean I think you took him actually in the draft which we just had yeah, probably. I'm doing three at the same time, so I sort of lost track of uh, <laughs> who I've got in some of them. But yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely got him in a league. <laughs> yeah, you definitely did. I think you took him, and I was like, ah, man, I wanted him on the way back. But yeah, like I said, I, I love Alan. I'm a little bit biased, but I think that people sleep on him a bit too much. I think it, it'll still put up good good numbers this year, even with uh, even with question marks at the Chargers quarterback. So yeah, I think that uh, fantasy wise, if you're going to be looking at a few trade targets and wanting to get a few players. Um, Miles Sanders, uh, Kirion Johnson, I think that you you could be able to pick up. Um, don't sleep on Keenan Allen. Um, I think sometimes them, the players going to their second or third years that have maybe had a bit of a disappointing start can sort of, you can probably get some good value out of them. Like I'm saying Nikhil Harry is going to be particularly good, but I mean, his value is probably next to nothing and he is a talented wide receiver. Yeah, definitely. And he, he, his whole season last year was ruined by injury, basically. He was out for most of the sort of training camp and out for a lot of the, well, the first 10 games. Yeah. But he's got a lot of talent. So he's somebody that you never know could take a step up and say yeah, something. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Other, uh... they can, yeah, if they get that uh, quarterback position and the the, ta- the two of them sort of gel. Because you saw that with Slayton and Daniel Jones this year where both guys were sat in the second string and then Jones got promoted because Eli, they said, we're, we're not going with Eli after a couple of games. Daniel Jones is now the guy. There was a couple of injuries at wide receiver. Ingram got injured as well at tight end. They put Slayton in, and the, the, because they had an off season together, that was his guy that he wanted to throw to. And you might have that very similar with Harry and Stidham. That Stidham actually finds Harry 
better to throw to than Edelman just because he's been more used to him for the year and through the off season. So sometimes with them, when you get you get that sort of quarterback two go in, that the wide receiver sort of three or four that they've been they've been getting more used to throwing to is more of the guy that sort of takes off and, and goes up. So yeah, with Harry, it would be interesting to see how that progresses with him this year. Yeah, and I feel like if you're a Harry only, you're probably a bit sick of him on your team after last year. <laughs> so you probably paid quite a high price for him if yeah. it was a rookie draft or I don't know, in our rookie draft, I think he went two, maybe after Jacobs, I think it was. So yeah, a high price. So someone might be sick of him and you might be able to get him for uh, not too much. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, there's a couple of uh, wide receivers that, like you said, you're, you're hoping for better things out of this year. So, so um It'll be interesting to see what they're going to do in Kansas City with Hardman. Are they going to cut Sammy Watkins? Um, because that was that was talk that was going to happen. Uh, so if Sammy Watkins goes, then Hardman's going to take a bump up in value. Um, and then, like you said, if what's going on with Corey Davis at the moment? There's a few people saying that is he going to take and uh, uh, get traded or something's going to happen with him at the moment? If he's still stuck in Tennessee as the second guy, they're going to have Henry, AJ Brown, and then him. So it might not might not work out but if he can get a trade away then his value should, should bump up so if you can buy them two guys low maybe Watkins um, and Davis low and see if you can get some value for them then it might be that you can buy them low and then if if they get traded then their value will go through the roof say if like you'll have an opportunity time to sell like uh, with Gurley and what you've seen with David Johnson as well yeah, they're sort of low risk moves now, aren't they? That you could make and yeah, definitely you can get them up for literally nothing in Dynasty. Like I've seen them go for like pick three, rookie pick three fourteen and stuff like that. Like yeah. it's just it's like mental, like how much value you can get on their players, and they might not, they might be hugely frustrating to own. But both, I think Corey Davis is what twenty four, twenty five, yeah. and and Sammy Watkins is twenty six coming up to 27 so they're still young guys they're still young guys like if they all it takes is for them to be cut or traded and fall into the right spot and all of a sudden you've got a wide receiver one on your hands that you never thought you had for literally nothing in rookie pop so yeah definitely and uh say in some of them rookie drafts the players go in that sort of range never Mm. even see the field do they so uh yeah players like that with that upside you're probably not going to get that same sort of level drafting that late no Okay, well, I think that brings us sort of to the end. Um, well, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, where can people find you on Twitter and stuff? Um, my uh, Twitter handle is uh, Tilza999. Um, if you look up uh, first and ten um, charges as well, me and Lee always try and uh, drop our handles in at, at some point. But yeah, obviously, following you guys, um, keep keeping the NFL. Uh, all the news up together, you guys and and us as Chargers boys as well. So there's obviously other podcasts as well. The the um, I think the, the Dallas guys still doing theirs in the off season and a few others. For, for, for the yeah, there's season. there's been a few sort of on and off. Obviously, it's uh it's hard at the moment because there's not always loads to talk about, is there? Um, no, so at the moment there's a bit of friends. So I think a few more uh, sort of popping up in the next few weeks, but yeah, they're all sort of ticking over and yeah, some uh, fun ones out there. I mean, yeah, your, your two is always one of my favorite to edit. I mean, I think, the other podcasts. Yeah, but. I think that if you can, uh, if you're listening that like through um, this week with, with it all and stuff, there's nothing better to listen to at the moment with obviously everything that's going on. There's hardly any other sporting news. So, yeah. and NFL, they're giving away free game pass at the moment. So, if you're just wanting to get into it as well, then there's no time like the present to yeah, uh, to, sure. to pick up uh, 
and and follow a different sport that's actually go i know you can't really watch the games you can you can go back and watch a few of the old ones from this season and bits and pieces but at least the news is current and something's going on which is at least it's not mind-numbingly boring like some of the other stuff that's going on in the world so yeah it's like the one thing that's not coronavirus related really (laughs) yeah yeah um, yeah, well, you can find us. Uh, we're at first and ten underscore on Twitter and uh, first and ten on Facebook. You know all the usual places. Um, yeah, make sure you subscribe. We're gonna have uh, more of these coming up, more of the fantasy stuff because you know he doesn't like talking about fantasy. Um, but yeah, until then, uh, thanks for coming on, Ash. Uh, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, we had a really good time, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week or well, tomorrow. Sorry, not, not <laughs> next week. Keep forgetting we're uh, doing them every day, but yeah, see you tomorrow. <laughs>